Welcome to the Agility in Real Life podcast, Take 5 in Real Life. Now your hosts, my Studeman and Jeff Lee. Hi, and welcome back to Take 5 IRL. Uh, I'm one of the partners at Agility IRL, Jeff Lee. And I'm the other partner at Agility IRL, Mike Studeman. Jeff, how are you doing today? Uh, very good, Mike. It's We're recording this on a Friday. It's not oppressively hot out. Life is good. We will take it. Being based in Minnesota, we will definitely take it. So, Jeff, today I, I wanted to get your thoughts on work outside the sprint goal. What happens, you know, as you know, we're supposed to be focused on a sprint goal and every sprint is a scrum team. Mm -hmm. What happens if I have just some stuff I want to get done that isn't directly related to the sprint goal? Yeah, well... So I will say that in sprint planning, you know, again, when, and I want to clarify what a sprint goal is first as we get started, because a sprint goal isn't get everything done that we brought into our sprint backlog, um, right? It, the sprint goal is one overarching thing that our sprint backlog, the things that we brought into the sprint are, are supporting. Um, and ideally, most of those things are directly supporting it. Yeah, maybe we have a bug fix or something that's not directly related, but um, the work of our sprint should be aligned with that goal. Um, and so, yeah, I've, you know, have a, a number of ways that this can be, um, I guess, violated uh, where people will have been, have an incentive to do things that aren't part of the sprint goal. Um, one of them is really developer-led, right? Where I was working on something in the last sprint. I had this example recently with a client um, and didn't get all the way done. It didn't get brought into the sprint. You know, the developer was disappointed in that and wanted to finish it up and just had a couple hours left. And so decided as we got into the new sprint, just to finish it up. Got it done. Took a couple of hours. Was not part of the sprint goal. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Is it good to get that done? <laughs> yeah, I I um, I want to acknowledge uh, the developer's desire to get that done. Uh, I think that's a real thing. There's a sense of accomplishment there. There's a sense of momentum there. I think what the developer has to acknowledge, though, is that spending time on something that hasn't been prioritized for the sprint is taking some time away from the uh, from the the sprint goal. Uh, and from the sprint itself, and and uh, this might be a bit of an overstatement, but it's really a violation of the scrum value of respect to his or her teammates, right? In, in a way, it's a little bit of arrogance saying, well, I know it's better for me to get this done than what we all agreed to. Um, so I, I want to acknowledge that most developers' hearts are in the right place, uh, but it still is kind of a, um, a violation of respect, and it, it really hurts the team's focus as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really that change in focus with Scrum that it's oriented on the success of the team accomplishing a goal and not on the you know, individuals completing something, uh, right? By me spending time away from what we had agreed to as a team, not giving transparency to that, not getting everyone's buy-in to that, I'm, I'm really making a selfish decision, even if that's not my motivation. Yeah, I agree. Thoughts? I think... Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's a, a it's indicative of a mindset shift too on the part of the individual, um, because it's a team focused. It's no a, a team focus under Scrum. It's no longer about how can I be productive. It's how can I help the team. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think one of the the common refrains, Jeff, that we hear in these scenarios is, "Well, I wanted to work on this thing because I just needed a few more hours to do it, and there's nothing else for me to do." Quote unquote. 
uh, on a evolve scrum team, a developer is going to say, oh, well, I don't have anything that leverages my skill set directly, but I can go learn another skill set. I can help out another team member in some way versus going to work on this other uh, mm -hmm. work that I really wanted to get done. So it's a it's a mindset shift as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I the the group that I was with, they had a discussion about this, you know, one of the um, their their team members called it out, which was great. Um, and they were looking to figure out, well, what's the rule on this when we can do this stuff when we can't. The bottom line is don't worry about the rule. Um, you know, have transparency. Talk to your teammates about it. Um, you know, the work you do within a sprint is negotiated throughout the sprint. And so um, it should be in alignment with that sprint goal. That shouldn't change. But uh, the work is going to change a little bit. So have the conversation before you often do things. Um, Mike, you know, are there other examples you can think of or maybe a different scenario of doing work outside of the sprint goal? Yeah, so I wanted to, now that we've, uh, uh, I think this is sometimes referred to as the Fairness and Savagery Act. Uh, now that we've taken a, a shot at our developer friends, let's turn to uh, the product owner and the stakeholders uh, and I'll lump them together. But what about the product on the stakeholders kind of bringing in work kind of under the cover, so to speak? It's a little thing. Can you just get this done for me? Uh, you want to talk about uh, the ways that uh, a scrum team should address that scenario? Yeah, well, again, it, it goes back to the same foundational principles of providing transparency and having that scrum value of focus on your goal um, of the sprint goal. And so. Um, you know, this can manifest itself in many different ways in groups that are new to agile ways of working. A lot of times it's functional managers who are used to doling out work, who tap their person who reports to them, whose reviews they write on the shoulder and says, hey, can you just do this thing? I've had teams come up with strategies that says that, you know, that say, I, I understand why you want me to do that, um, but I'm, I'm supposed to send you to my product owner to talk about this. Yeah, and I, I do think to the point that you made earlier, Jeff, in this scenario too, the team still has to exercise some judgment. I, I don't want anyone of uh, who's listening to our podcast here saying, well, the scope of the sprint is protected. We can't deal with any outside changes. If you're not shipping product, if someone's going to die uh, by not uh, doing this mid-sprint change, by all means, do it. As Jeff Sutherland is quoted as saying, Scrum is not an excuse to do stupid things. Uh, that said, I think you want to err on the side of protecting that sprint from change, uh, uh, encouraging the product owner to let the stakeholders know that they should come to them, in encouraging the product owners to be advocates for focus as well and saying, hey, we're not going to do this thing right now. I'll look at it and prioritize it appropriately for the next sprint. And maybe if it's really, really important, we can deal with it as the number one item in that next sprint, which is, you know, at worst, four weeks away. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, rules are the wrong way to go about this. However, if teams are having a hard time coming to a common understanding of, you know, what you do in certain circumstances, maybe update your team working agreement. Um, yes, we can take a half hour, hour meeting uh, that's not involved in our sprints to help the company without even thinking about it. Great. Um, but if, you know, a certain threshold gets hit, you, you come to the team. Um, so there's, again, and that thresholds me different, different environments, different teams, um, something that you can think of. And if you don't have a team working agreement, well, get started on that too. Absolutely. I, I think in addition to that, the advice that I would give is when you're establishing your team working together agreement, those guidelines, 
be very disciplined about them early on. In my experience, it's much easier to kind of loosen up the rule as you go Mm -hmm. versus try to tighten it down. Uh, And and, uh, so I would, I would err on the side of being a little bit more militant early on. And then once the team has kind of gotten into a good practice, um, uh, kind of exercise some more judgment, but, you know, to a point that I think you made earlier, we're never going to be able to give you a rule. That's not the way scrums designed. Um, we're never going to be able to write a rule that covers every team, every scenario. So we have to, we have to trust the teams to come up with what, what, what works best for them, keeping in mind the importance of team focus. And to summarize uh, this episode and what we're you know, trying to get across, the sprint goal is that team focus for a sprint. And so keep that focus on the sprint goal. Uh, keep talking about that in your, in your daily scrums, how you're progressing toward that. And that by its nature will actually help to limit the work outside of the sprint goal because everyone is going to be thinking that's, that's our goal. That's what we're driving to uh, is that sprint goal. Excellent. Well, Jeff, I appreciate the conversation as always. I'm going to go focus on something else. Fabulous. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for joining us. The product vision for Take 5 in Real Life is to provide members of the Agile community with an idea that they can incorporate into their daily lives to make them more effective. We thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.